0: We're in Matthew 26, we're, we're, we're making our way toward uh, towards Calvary and toward the completion, the finishing of the great redemption plan that God had in, in mind. We, last week, we, we were in the upper room with the last Passover with Jesus as, and his disciples there. And as it, I, I called it the last Passover, but it's the first Lord's Supper as, uh, as he changed the elements of the sacrament and said, this is now My body that's broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you. We looked at that and we ended with verse 20, or verse 30 of Matthew 26. And verse 30 is that when they had finished, they sang a, a song, a hymn, and left for the garden of Gethsemane. And we talked about how significant it was that worship and praise. And boy, uh, Mildred, what an excellent job this morning as, as God truly inhabits the praise of his people. And as we've given him glory and honor and power, he's worthy of that. And Jesus, even Jesus knew this. And as he went into these last few hours of where he would be betrayed, where he would be denied, where he would be uh, abused, and where he would be crucified. He went in that, in the power, ministered through the Holy Spirit of, of God and through his Father. And the part of worship Going with him into that could not be understated. It was important. We pick up this morning with verse 31, and, and I really want only want to cover uh, four or five verses 31 through, through verse 35. But I want us to take a look at, uh, at one of the disciples. In verse 31, says, Then Jesus said, as they were making their way to the garden, Then Jesus said to all of them, That's uh, to the disciples all shall be offended because of me this night. And then he, he shares a scripture from the Old Testament that they would have probably been familiar with in the scrolls. It says, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. And then Jesus, finishing quoting this Old Testament uh, scripture, says something very interesting. He said, but after... I am risen again. I'll go before you into Galilee. Then Peter's answered and said to him, though all men shall be offended because of you, I will never be offended. And Jesus said to him, Peter, before this night's over, before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Lord, though I would, would die with you, yet I'll never deny you. And all the disciples said, we won't either. I want us to look at this older disciple, historic, historical accounts say that Peter was, was one of the older, if not the oldest disciple. And I'm sure there were times that uh, in this time he has spent with the Lord and with these younger group, group of guys, there's probably times that he uh, just shook his head at some of these Younger men, but but Peter had uh, Peter had brought that, that wisdom, and he had brought some stability. He had also probably brought a lot of uh, uh, passion. But in, in Matthew chapter sixteen, Jesus in Caesarea Philippi, Jesus had had asked the disciples this question. He said, "Who do men say that I am?" Uh, and the disciples answered and said. Some of them say that you're John the Baptist. Some of them say you're Elijah. Some people say you're you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets that's come back to life. And then Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, it was Peter. Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. I mean, this had to be one of Peter's finest hours. And, and, and they were like saying, right on. And Jesus looks at Simon, as a matter of fact, and he said, Simon, bless, you're blessed because... You didn't just know this. Flesh and blood hadn't revealed this to you. But my Father, which is in heaven. Jesus said, Simon, you're listening to the Father. You're exactly right. That's who I am. And he said, and, and you're Peter. Now, we know the name thing. Simon, Peter, Simon was a word that meant a, a, a pebble, a small stone. I've got one in my pocket this morning. Just happened to have one. Uh, Cynthia and I have it. I've got a small, it's a small stone. This is to remind me. Of uh, of my Lord, He's my rock. But he's, that's, that's, that's Simon. But now the Lord says, "You're not just a small stone. You're a you're a boulder. You're a you're a big stone. You're a stone we it set a corner post on to build on." He said, "Matter of fact, and upon this stone, this faith, this truth that you've shared, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. It was it was powerful." that Peter uh, shared this. And I imagine from that moment, Peter, when the Lord really affirmed him with all the other disciples, Peter probably thought, yeah, you may be young, you may be on young legs, but you hear who he's he's banking on, counting on. That's why maybe it it, it really, uh, it really kind of this morning as I read this verse several days ago, I'm like, you gotta be kidding. Now, again, Peter, Jesus had said this to him. Peter was part of that inner circle of Peter, James, and John, you know, and um, had, went, had been to the Mount of Transfiguration with him, had seen the, the prophets, had heard God's voice. But there's a verse in Proverbs 16, 18. said, pride goeth before destruction. You know what it says? And a haughty spirit before a fall. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians. I don't think I shared this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 says, "Be careful, be careful he that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall." You say, "Well, what's that meaning?" Well, it means just be careful saying I would never. I would never. So when Jesus Look at the disciples and they're headed to the garden. Now, it's been a, I mean, the, 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 the atmosphere, the air, the night is, is, uh, is, is full of, they know something's happening. Something's coming down. Jesus has changed the Passover. Jesus has been talking about his death. And even here in the, in the Old Testament prophecy, as he finishes, he talks about his rising again. When I'm raised again. They know they're headed to something, and the hour is you know, heavy. And Jesus says, all of you, all of you are going to be offended because of me. Peter said, look here, Peter. That's what I couldn't believe. 33 Peter said, I won't. Basically, he said, no, you're wrong. Lord, you, you, you're missing it. I mean, you didn't mean all of us, because I would Never. I will never disobey I'll never deny you. And then Jesus kind of turns from, he was addressing all of them, all of you guys. You won't leave me. You won't forget. You gonna turn and run. Peter said they may, but I won't. And then Jesus kind of looks at, he does. He just turns to Peter and says, Peter, <laughs> Peter, this, this, this night, this night before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Now, you'd think that Peter in his wisdom and maturity would have just been quiet. Not said anything, but that's just not Peter, okay? So Peter says, hey, I don't care if it means dying with you. I'm your man. I'm your man. Now, how many times have you said that? Lord, I'm your man. I'm your woman here, you know? I'm not going to deny you. The rest of them, but you know what? I'll stand up for you. I'll be counted for you. I'm not going to run. I won't let you down. Only to later fail. And I'm cringing when, when Peter, when the Lord says, tonight all of you are going to deny me. And, and then Peter kind of bows up. You know, he gets real big. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was was a counselor and had a good friend, Steve Rice, and he was a, a, a teacher. And Steve was a little bit bigger, born in Ethiopia. The parents were uh, doctors and researchers or something. And Steve was bigger in stature, although he wasn't this big. But he was big, and uh, we had went to, to make a, a visit, a home visit in school, and uh, bad situation, bad home environment we went into. But we were, we were there in... Uh, the uh, one of the one of the people that lives in the home came home and he was uh, he was uh, high on something and uh, probably drunk too. But he came in and he was a big old dude. And he came in and, and he he was immediately in our face and I thought we're gonna whoop or get whooped right here. Yes. So you know I I just kind of took a I I got him and I raised up as big as I could get, which wasn't really what very big at all. But, but you make yourself as big as you can, right? You know, come on, intimidation. Peter kind of bows up here. Lord, I'll never deny you. And, and I cringe when, when, I, when I hear him say that. But I believe he really means it. Let me tell you why I believe he meant it with everything that was in him. Go, this, we're going to skip ahead to verse 47. Because verse 47, they've, they've prayed. We'll come back. We're going to look at that later, Lord willing, next week or the week after. But uh, then while I was speaking, Judas, one of the 12, came with him with a, with a bunch of, with a mob, really, was swords and sticks, clubs, with the chief priests and with the elders of the people. And Judas, who betrayed him, had told him, I'll kiss him when we get there. So when did I kiss? You get him. So he comes in verse 49. He comes straight to, to Jesus, and he greets him, saying, hey, master, and he kisses him, and, and Jesus basically says, Judas... What, what, are you at? what do you want? What are you here for? And they laid hands on Jesus and they, they grabbed him. Now look at verse 51. And behold, one of them, which was there with Jesus, stretched out his hand, drew his sword, and struck a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Now John tells us these two names. The servant's name was Malchus. He was a servant of the high priest. And the man who, who was swinging the sword is Peter. John tells us that. And I just want to tell you, Peter wasn't trying to intimidate him by getting his ear, I don't believe. I believe Peter was going to divide him in two. And somehow or other, he just misjudged and just took his ear off. Now, that takes Peter, at that point, I believe Peter is saying, Lord, I've been with you. I've seen you raise the dead. I've seen the miracles you've done. And if it's going to be you and me against this mob, let's have at it. Because I know what you can do. I believe he's really, you know, he's 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 ready to die with him, which is what he said he would do. But instead of going to it, Jesus said, "Peter, put your sword up right now. That's not what we're going to do, way we're going to do it right now." And then Jesus reaches down and gets that bloody ear, and without any super glue or anything, he sticks it back on. He heals his ear. Now you would think, you would think that this mob that had come to arrest Jesus, that would see in this, they'd say, oh, we better be careful here. Oh. But they didn't. They arrested him. But I believe at that point, we see Peter kind of back on his heels. I mean, he, he was ready to go. But sometimes God's ways are different than ours. Sometimes God's timing. It wasn't the time to fight with a sword. Sometimes God's timing It's so different than ours. And when that happens, we can be a little bit off balance. And Peter's off balance. Peter's goofed. Now I'm going to do a a sidebar here. Uh, Coaching. (laughs) And and Jim, uh, it's amazing to me, the further I get from when I coached, the better coach I become. I was really good. Uh, Jim, you've known athletes like that. That the, the further they've come from when they played ball, <laughs> the better they've gotten. The story's gotten better. Well, but one of the things that, that just, it bothered me then and it bothers me now is, is I have seen coaches that uh, would, a kid would mess up or a kid would make a mistake. And I've seen coaches yank them out right then. I've actually seen them yanking out of a game and, and, and just berate them and set them down and put a sub in and a sub go in or somebody else make two or three mistakes. And you're like... I, I, even, if, even if I was planning to substitute for one of the players, if he made a mistake, I wouldn't substitute right then. Wait, I don't want that player thinking, if I mess up, I'm out of here. You know, you can ruin a good kid like that. You mess up, you're out of the game. And we look at Peter and Peter is, is ready to fight, but it's not the time to fight. And so when the Lord says, put up your sword, Peter's kind of back on his heels and he's really getting ready to mess up big time. He really is. He affirmed his faithfulness, but then Jesus, they take Jesus. Let's, let's look while we're over in the chapter here. Pick up with verse 57 and 58. They laid hold on Jesus and they take him to the Caiaphas, the high priest, with the scribes and the elders. But Peter, verse 58... Peter is following him at a distance, plump to the high priest's place. And when they go in, Peter sits down with the servants outside. And verse 58, the last phrase of verse 58, verse 58, says that Peter wanted to see the end. You see that? Wow. Never noticed that before. Wow. He's there watching what happens. Look what happens. Now, you know, verse 69. Now, Peter said outside the palace, and a young girl comes to him and said, uh, you you was with Jesus of Galilee. <laughs> Excuse me. But Peter denied before them all saying, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, Craig, I'm going to call. Turn me off a minute. Craig. Boom, one time. And he'd gone down to the porch, another young maid comes to him and says to the people that were there, hey, he was with him, verse 72. And he denied it with an oath and said, I don't, I don't even know him, two times. Other gospels tell us that Jesus turned and looked. Third time, they accused him. After a while, those that are standing by said, uh, you're bound to be one of them. Verse 74, and Jesus began to curse and to swear. and said, I don't even, I I, I don't know this man. And look at verse 74. Peter, thank you, thank you, a big difference. (laughs) Peter, (laughs) Peter began to deny. And look, and immediately what happened? The rooster crowed. Wow, wow. Somebody said that ever since this rooster crowed, preachers have been trying to eat up the chickens. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. But the rooster crows, and, and, and notice what happens in verse 75. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And immediately, Peter goes out and weeps. This has gotta be, we looked at one of the, had to be one of the, the finest hours of Peter's life When he said, you're the Christ, I know who you are. But then a few months later, for him to say, I don't even know him, three times, has to be one of the greatest failures recorded in all of scripture. And let me tell you something. I am so glad. I am so glad for my sake and for your sake that God has recorded this for us. Peter's testimony is a testimony of the grace of Of God in His life, because most likely, probably most of us, if not all of us, in here this morning, at one time or another, have said basically the same thing: "Lord, I won't let you down. I'll do what you ask me to do. I'll go where you ask me to go. I'll be bold." The rest of them may be shy. The rest of them may be intimidated. But Lord, listen, I won't. I, if it costs me, I may not be popular. I may have to take a stand, but I'll take a stand for you. And we've met it with everything within us. Maybe we felt, maybe there's some here this morning that you heard God speak to you. You believe that with all your heart and he, and he directed you in a direction and you followed him. You took off and you began doing what he, you felt like he wanted you to do. But somewhere along the way, you stop and you look back now and you say, when did I stop doing that? The things of the world, the things of the world and life has a way of causing us, and I hate to use that word, I didn't want to use that word. It has a way of enticing us to take our eyes off of Jesus. And a matter of fact, Jesus would say in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, and it's a, it's a strong verse. And Jesus said to him, That any man that takes and puts his hand to the plow and looks back, look at this, he says, is not fit for the kingdom of God. Ooh, that's what I say. Now, listen everybody in here that's familiar with plowing you plow when you're plowing if you want to plow straight you can't look down you can't look down you can't look back if you're gonna plow straight you've got to look ahead because where you plow where you look is where you're gonna plow somebody said i don't there are motorcycle riders in here i hate to say where's coach bill where you at, Bill? You, you, here's Coach Bill. And there's motorcycle riders, a lot of you. And my understanding is, when you're riding a motorcycle, you go where you're looking. Is that right? Somebody said, you've you, you got to look where you're going. You don't look if you, that's a lot of people wrecking curves that don't know what to do because they don't look, they're not looking through the curve. Let me tell you something. Our spiritual life and our spiritual walk is kind of the same way. We go where we're looking. But these are powerful words when Jesus says, anybody that, because all of us have looked down. All of us, there, there, there's nobody in here that's plowed a perfectly straight row. There's been times we look back and we bobble. There have been times we've looked around and we've made a curve. Peter, the guy who we're looking at his testimony this morning, and by, you know, Peter would be, he'd be something else. He'd be something else, guys, to have on a fishing trip or a camping trip. He could t- he would tell us stories that would never end, yeah? Peter, this is a guy who was in the boat with, with the disciples, and a storm come up on the Sea of Galilee, and they thought there was gonna be wrecked, and they see this, they thought it was a ghost, they thought, it was, hey, this is it, we're seeing, we're seeing haints, or whatever they are, and somebody said, no, that's the Lord, and Peter, even though he was old, older, he made a dumb statement then. Lord, if it's really you, Ask me to come to you. That's dumb. You know, I mean, in his wisdom, you're thinking, he said, Lord, if it's really you, let me send John to you. (laughs) Right? John was young and dumb. He wouldn't have known any better. John, get out of the boat and go to him. Let's see if that's really Jesus. I'm just messing with you. But you know, it's the truth. And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, ask me to come. And Jesus said, well, come on, Pete. And we know the story. He gets slings it, swings his legs over the sides of the boat. And he's, Peter walked on water. He was walking on water. He was doing fine. Why? When? As long as he kept his eyes on the Lord. But then what happened? He heard the wind. He saw the lightning. He heard the thunder. He felt the waves. And scripture says he took his eyes and he looked at the storm. Folks, I want to tell you, all of us are going to encounter storms. And what happened? When he began to look at the storm, Scripture said he went down like a rock. That's kind of a pun. Some of you get that about lunchtime, middle of lunchtime. You say, Oh, Peter, a rock. Damn. But he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to sink. And immediately he calls out. And the Scripture says, And immediately Jesus was there. And so I'm so glad that, that God, in his wisdom, is sharing Peter, part of, part of Peter's testimony for you and for me, for us. Because there's all of us, there've been those times that we've failed. And it would be easy for the Lord to say, man, I, Peter, you listen. You know, you didn't learn, and I see a galley, it don't seem like you learned when you crawl back in the boat soaking wet because you took your eyes off me. You didn't, and you, and you didn't learn. So now you're going to deny me three times. Listen, you're benched. I can't use I can't use anybody for me that's gonna that's gonna be that weak. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like, man, I've blown it. Lord, I was I I I, I was there. I was strong. I, my my goals were noble. I was I wanted to do it for you, but I failed and I failed terribly. And I will never ever get another opportunity like that. I'm sorry. And we, and there we are. But failure don't have to be fatal. It don't have to be final. I think it was Geraldine, it was I, I mean, Geraldine, uh, I think it was Dorothy. Dorothy Helton is the first, one, first time I ever heard this. But I heard Dorothy one time say, it don't matter how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. That was profound. I always remember that. It don't matter how many times you fail, it's how many times you get back up. I I looked it up. That was was who I remember. But I looked up and somebody attributed that saying to the the great coach, Vince Lombardi, that he coached Green Bay Packers, right? And they attributed that. It doesn't matter. He was telling his team one time, don't matter how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. Uh, And looking it up, I also found that somebody wanted to attribute that saying to General George Custer. But I I thought the outcome on that was pretty bad. I wasn't going to use him. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know who said it, but it's true. It's true. It's not how many times you get knocked down. And Jesus now would minister specifically or particularly to Peter in his guilt and shame. Notice what happened here. Peter denies him. He weeps bitterly. Jesus is abused. He he's, goes to the cross. Resurrection morning. The women go to the tomb. They go to anoint a dead body. There's an angel there. Says he's not here. Look in Mark chapter 16 and notice this. The angel tells the ladies, go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter, that the, that the Lord, Jesus, goes before you to Galilee and you'll see him there, just like he told you. Did you ever, did, 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 did it, uh, did you, did did, 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 you wonder why he said it this way? Go tell, you know, you could have said, go tell his disciples. But the disciples. But the angel, the Lord wanted, this was specific. Go tell the disciples and Peter. You know what I believe? Now, this, this is not, this is not thus says the Bible. This is, this is why I think it's that way. Because I think at this point, Peter don't feel like a disciple. I don't think Peter even feels like he's worthy to be called one of the disciples. Because he's the one who said he'd never deny him. And he's the one that, that stood outside when he could see him on trial and cussed and said he didn't even know him. And I think Peter is, is thinking, I've, I've blown it. I've, that, that was it. Jesus, I'm, I, I'm no good to him anymore. I'll never be any good to him anymore. I'm disqualified. But Jesus picked him up. he dusts him off and he puts him back in kingdom work it would be a few days later on the sea of uh, seashore when uh, jesus has fish cooked for him and they eat this early morning breakfast there and jesus looks at peter and he says hey peter do you love me yeah boy lord i really do peter do you do you love me yeah three times Third time, somebody said, and I, I don't know. Somebody said one time, just as a reminder, Peter, how many times did you deny me? Three. How many times did Jesus said, Peter, do you really love me? And the third time, is interesting because the third time he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter answers and says it this way, Lord, you know everything. You know all things. You know I love you. Now, that's the same Peter who just a few days earlier has said, when Jesus said, everybody's going to deny me, not, Peter says, ah, you got that in wrong. No, no, I won't. And, and Jesus said, oh, you will? I mean, you're even going to deny me three times tonight. And Peter says, I'll die with you before I deny you. Now, the grace of God and as Christ is picking him up and dusting him off, what does he do? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And what happens? Well, I, I'm going to get through. Let, let me two things. Acts chapter 1. Verse 15, Acts chapter 1, 15. On on the uh, the disciples are gathered together, and there's about 120 of them now, followers of Christ. Jesus, they've seen the risen Lord, and he's, they've been with him. He's talked, they've talked with him. They've watched him go back into the heavens, and he's told them to go, tarry that he's going to send a power, a, a, a someone to be with them and in them, and to tarry there until the Holy Spirit is sent. And in Acts chapter one verse fifteen, Peter is Peter who gets up, and this is interesting to me. He gets up and to the disciples and the followers of Christ first, about one hundred twenty of them, and he begins explaining and sharing with them who this Christ is. Now, you know, there's probably somebody thinking, "Yeah, you're you're good to tell us. You denied Him." Listen, God's got a plan. Peter's not disqualified. As a matter of fact, in chapter two, not going to read it, but you can pick up with verse thirty, uh, verse fourteen through forty one. Peter, this Peter who was intimidated, this Peter who failed terribly, preaches under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And over 3,000 people accept the Lord and are saved that first message. Peter who had failed so horribly. Peter who had denied he even knew him. Peter who had cussed and walked away. Man, Jesus said, Peter, I got a plan for you. And your failure didn't stop my plan. You're going back in the game. Get up off that bench. Some of you here this morning, it's very possible. Listen, listen. there's not a one of us here that hadn't failed. one not a one of us here that hadn't fallen. No, it may not intend to. It's not our intentions. Don't think we need to plan on that. But we need to know one thing. Every one of us need to know one thing. When we fall or when we fail, His grace and His mercy are greater than all our sin. And he wants you back in the kingdom business doing his work. I uh, ran across this. Dorothy said, it's not how many times you fail, fall down, it's how many times you get up. I was, I was looking at this. I ran across one this week. I had never heard it before. Uh, but when I, when I printed it off, Jackie, I said, Jackie, you got to listen to this. And she said, and she started quoting it. And she said, Jerry, she said, that was in my daddy's Bible. And her dad was Arthur Hart. Uh, And he's one of the most godly men I'd ever known. And she said, he kept this poem in his Bible. So for some of you, you may know it well. But some of you may be like me. It's called, Don't Quit. Listen to it. When things go wrong, and it sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, Rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is funny with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a fellow turns about when he might have won if he had stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tent and the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It might be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worst that you must not quit. It's the difference between faith and doubt wow what a testimony Peter had and that I'm convinced that the Lord wants that to be a part of each of our testimonies those failures those scars are only to encourage us and remind us get back in the game I don't know I'm like, Peggy, God knows all about us. The amazing thing is he loves us. <laughs> he knows everything about us and he loves us. He knew, he told Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. He loved him. He knew Peter was going to cuss him that he didn't even know him. I mean, there's been, there's been times, somebody told me recently, say, I got your back, man. I looked at him and laughed. Heard that before. Throw you under a bus in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, oh. You know, Meanwhile, we intend well. The intentions are good. And, but when that happens and when those people, if there have been those people like that, what my, you know what my tendency is? So I, I can't count on you in a fight. I couldn't count on you when, when really the pressure's there. I know you're going to forsake me. Listen, Jesus knew that. And he loves him. Jesus knew how prone we are to fall. He knew how weak we are. But listen, he wanted us to learn to trust not in our strength, but to trust in his strength and to rely on his mercy and grace because they're always there. Wow, that's the kind of Lord that loves you. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we as we just conclude this time listening and really taking another look at the testimony of this older fisherman disciple. What a guy. And we only we, we just get glimpses here along and look forward to the day. I, I imagine there's a lot of stories that Peter shares. But I bet you on top of the list are those that he shares how your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness were there for him when he failed. And he would look at us and he'd say, don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to fail because it's not how many times you fail, it's how many times you get back up. Get back up. Walk with the Lord. Don't let Satan intimidate you. Don't let failure freeze you. And cause you to lock up. But get up, look up, straighten up. He's coming. Father, as we close, it's I'm so aware that your word is, is all powerful. As Peter said, you know all things. So this morning, Lord, as we close, for that for that man or woman or young person, Lord, that's um uh, that came this morning and, and just really really didn't know why that's coming because they felt so hypocritical because of their failures. And they thought, I'll go, but if people really knew how I've messed up last week, they wouldn't even want to sit with me. Listen to me. You have a savior. If you're a Christian, you've got a savior who loves you. And he knows you. And he wants to dust you off just run to him Peter wept tears of repentance tears of repentance and there on this on the seashore and there as he talked with the Lord there were those conversations where Jesus gave him opportunity to realize it hey I was relying on my own strength wasn't the Lord when I drew the sword I thought that's how I was going to do it but you got a different plan if that's you this morning just talk to him Ex- run to him. Accept his forgiveness, his grace, and his mercy. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, man, I'm just simply saying, when you see the love he has, who would not want to give their life serving a Lord that gave his life for them? If that's you, you just need to ask him to come in your heart. Jesus, come into my heart right now. I'm a sinner need of a savior and i know that's you i know you're god's son and you came to die for my sins you were raised to life again to ever live save me ask him to come in he will wow what an awesome lord and we get to say we love you an amazing thing is you let us know you in your peace and your power in your presence. Wow. Amen. This morning, Lori and Phil are going to be down here. I think, no, they're in, the, they're in there. My prayer warriors are over here, Denise and, and Alice. Alice and her husband. I love that. They're going to be over here. And uh, Jeff, you got that microphone still? Okay. Uh, they'll be up front. Now, as they come up front, know that uh, they're, they're here to pray with you. Whatever it is you want to, want to share something with them, come and pray with them. You want to share something that you've already prayed this morning that God's doing in your life. They'll they encourage. they will be a counseling to you. Yeah, you oh you want to talk to me? Could we take Yeah, uh, yeah. He needs timely uh, medical yeah. care. Yeah, uh, and and Jim mentioned earlier, Bill's, Bill Bill is saying, uh, Woody's been out of an AFIB now for. A while he was he was in he was in afib they shocked him he went back in the rhythm for about a week and he's been in, and he's been now in afib he keeps going he's a tough guy he's not a he's not a he's what is tough um but he's not been sleeping because of this at all and that that wears you down and then this morning he's and, and he they were going to have an they were going to have an appointment the closest one they could get was like four weeks or five weeks and uh, they, they got on the phone. Woody talked to the doctor Friday. And so they, they've got an appointment. And it's coming Friday. But then this morning, Woody, is, is, he feels like he's smothering. Um, couldn't come to church. Robin went home to check on him between services. Um, and, and she was going to call the doctor after the doctor got out of service this morning. Um, so we just need to pray. Bill says we just need a, a timely, timely prayer. Father... You do all things. Lord, we, we've talked where well, your word is so clear that you're all powerful, you're all-knowing. You know the need and what is life. And Lord, you know, you know what's wrong. It's not a matter of, oh, I, yeah, I know how to fix it. I, I know what's wrong, but I can't fix it. You can do whatever you choose to do. And Lord, I'm, I, I, I'm, not, I'm like Peter a lot of times. I don't know how you're going to do things, but I know that you're the one that can do things. Now you can do all things. Father, this morning, you can put Woody's heart back in rhythm. That's not, we're not asking you to do something that's above your ability. We're not asking you to do something to show out for your glory. Father, be right there. Be right there. And Father, I'm asking you, I'm asking you to touch his heart. Whatever's whatever's haywired, whatever's electrically wrong, whatever it is, Touch his heart. You created us. You gave him a new heart when you saved him. And you're able to touch and fix and heal this physical heart. And Lord, as a, as a church, we're asking right now for your glory. Do that. And we thank you. In Christ's name. Amen.